This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, and especially if you're watching for the first time. I want to encourage you to stay tuned today. We're going to be studying an Old Testament uh, reading uh, from the book of Isaiah. And our subject today is entitled, Looks That Change. I hope you'll stay tuned. Now on our telecast, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. May I emphasize that the course is free. Sometimes people call and they say, now what does it really cost? It costs absolutely nothing. We've sent it to you free of charge. And we want you to have the opportunity to study this free Bible correspondence course. So in order that you might know uh, more about the course and then how you're able to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from Isaiah chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. And also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. There are some verses in the Bible and some readings in the Bible that almost defy human comment. To comment on them is to distract from them. One such verse is Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, 
God created the heavens and the earth. To comment on that is almost to distract from what it says. Psalms 23 verse 1 is another. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That just says it all. It really doesn't need any human comment. To comment is to distract from it. Another such passage would be John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Those are verses that just stand on their own. They need no human comment. To make a human comment is to distract from what they say. But another such reading is Isaiah, the sixth chapter. To comment on it is almost to distract from the message contained therein. Isaiah, the sixth chapter, is Isaiah's official call to the prophetic ministry. He was called to be a prophet in a, in a very needy time. If ever there was a man who knew what it was to be near God and to be close to God and to be in communion with God or fellowship with God, surely it was Isaiah. In that regard, he was some like, somewhat like Moses. And when in Exodus, the third chapter, God appeared to Moses in a bush that burned and yet the bush was not consumed. And God said to Moses, Take off your shoes from off your feet, for the ground upon which you stand is holy ground. Moses was standing on holy ground, and that bush was burning, yet it wasn't consumed because God was in the bush. Moses was in the presence of God. And his experience is somewhat like that of Jacob. When Jacob uh, sat a stone up for a pillow and he went to sleep and he had a dream. And in that dream, there was a ladder that reached mirth to heaven. Angels ascending and descending upon that ladder. And when he awoke, he said, this is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. He was in the presence of God himself. His experience was somewhat like that of the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, he said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. And then he says, I don't know whether he was in the body or whether the man was out of the body. I don't know whether he's dead or alive. But one thing I do know, he said he was caught up into the third heaven. And then he repeats himself. He said whether he was in the body, out of the body, I don't know, but he was caught up into paradise, heard unspeakable things, which is not lawful for man to utter. 
in the very presence of fellowship, companionship with God himself. And so Isaiah was somewhat like that. The Bible says that he was caught up into the throne room of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. The first thing we notice about this reading is that Isaiah looked up. He said, I saw the Lord. That was after King Uzziah died. Uh, there is every reason to believe that Isaiah had access, free access, to the court of King Uzziah. And, and then Uzziah died, and it was after he died that Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. Is it not the case that it is often after some tragedy in our lives that men began to look to the Lord. That ought not to be. We ought to look to the Lord before the tragedy. But it's often after a tragedy comes that men see the Lord. Isaiah not only saw the Lord, but he saw the seraphim, that is angels. And each one of those angels had six wings. With two of those wings, he would fly. With two of the wings, he covered his face. With two of the wings, he would cover his feet. Those wings may have a reference to such things as reverence for God, humility as a servant of God, and, and service for God, going for God. But he said, I saw the seraphim. And the seraphim were singing a song. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. God is holy, isn't he? In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16, Peter is quoting a passage from the Old Testament from the book of Leviticus. And he says, Be ye holy, for I, am holy. God indeed is a holy God. And uh, we need to, to realize how God is holy. And we are to strive to be like God and be holy. But the seraphim said, the whole earth is full of his glory. And indeed so. In Psalms 19 and 1, the Bible says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. When we look at the heavens above, and we on a, a starlit night, we can see the stars in the heaven like little diamonds dancing around in the sky. And there is the moon lighting the earth. And in the daytime, there is the sun bringing warmth to the earth. And so when we look around us and look at the expanse above, it reminds us that there is a God. When we look at the earth upon which we live and we see the design of this old world, all the planning that God put into it in order that it might be a place that man could habitate, we understand something about what 
the psalmist said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows God's handiwork. The whole earth is full of his glory. And yet some people do not see it. They can look at the heavens. They don't see God. They can look at the earth. They don't see God. They can look into the face of a newborn baby and they cannot see God. That is that God is the creator and the sustainer of life on this earth. In Romans chapter 1, in verse 19, Paul said, For that which may be known of him has been manifest unto them, for he has showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they're without excuse. Do you notice he said, for the invisible things of him, of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. That is, we can see God all around us today. In the springtime, when the buttercups come out and they put on those beautiful little blooms. And where, where did that, where, what's the origin of that little buttercup? How did it happen to be? Just an accident? I think not. God made everything that exists on this earth today. He is a creator of us all. Everything in heaven and everything on earth is his because he made it. Psalms 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So the seraphim said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then there was not only the look up to see God, there was a look inside. In verse 4 and following, Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Isaiah saw himself. Pretty painful experience. He said, I'm undone. All of us are undone without the Lord. In John 15 and 5, Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. We're undone without the Lord. We're ruined without the Lord. We're hopeless and helpless without the Lord. Isaiah said, I am undone. So he saw himself and he saw his life, his sinful life. Why, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. So he saw his sinful lips, his sinful life. But then a seraphim came, in verse 6, and that seraphim had in his hand a live coal, and he had taken that coal with a, from off the altar with a pair of tongs, and he brought the coal 
and touched it to the lips of the prophet, and he said to him, Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is now purged. So Isaiah was cleansed. All mankind needs cleansing from iniquity, from sin, from a transgression of God's divine law. All mankind needs that. David had sinned against God by committing adultery with Bathsheba, but David was so penitent. In Psalms 51, he said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out thy, my transgression, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me, cleanse me from my sin. And that's a prayer that ought to be on the hearts and the lips of every human being. God Almighty, I am undone. I am lost. And God help me to learn what to do to be cleansed from my sin. The fact is men could not be cleansed and by the offering of animal blood in the Old Testament. Apart from the shedding of blood, there's no Forgiveness or remission, Hebrews 9.22. But Hebrews 10 and verse 4 says that it's not possible that the blood and bulls of goats should take away sin. So all cleansing has to come from some other source. What is that source? And all cleansing from sin is directly attributed to Jesus' blood. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. Unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. The only thing that can cleanse us of our sins is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah needed cleansing. We need cleansing. Cleansing from sin. And to that, for that purpose Jesus went to the cross. In Matthew 26 and 28, our Lord said, This is my blood of the new covenant, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. He shed that blood, not because we were already saved, but in order that we might be saved for the remission of our sins. So Isaiah needed that cleansing and he looked on the inside and he said, I'm undone, Lord. You know, all of us would do well to look on the inside, to examine our hearts, our lives, to really see where we are in the sight of God. In 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5, Paul said, examine yourselves, whether you're in the faith, prove your own selves. Put yourself to the Bible test and to see if you measure up. We are to examine ourselves. That's, that's the way all of us ought to be. Elders ought to examine themselves. They ought to first of all look to themselves. Listen to Acts 20, 28. Take heed unto yourselves and all the flock. Those who lead God's people today, first of all, should look at themselves. Gospel preachers, ought to look to themselves first before they look to anyone else. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, take heed to yourself and to your doctrine. And so you need to take heed, preacher, to yourself. Look at yourself. Am I pleasing God? Am I preaching what God would have me to preach? Am I preaching the whole counsel of God? Am I declaring the truth of God? To examine yourself. All of us ought to do that. All of us ought to look inside. And when you look in your inside, do you like what you see? Or do you have noticed that there are some changes in your life that need to be made? I have an idea that I'm speaking to people right now who realize there are some changes they need to make in their lives. It may be that you need to, as a believer in Jesus Christ, perhaps as even a penitent believer in Jesus Christ, that you need to be baptized. Recently, I was in preaching in the state of Michigan. And on a Wednesday night, a young lady walks up to me after the service is over, introduces herself, a very kind, sweet young woman. And she says, I have tried to find someone to baptize me. She had been unsuccessful. No one wants to have anything to do with me. I said, have you been thinking about your baptism? She said, yes, I have. I said, let's just take care of it right now. And you see, if you realize that you're undone, you're lost, then you need to take care of business. And you need to put first things first in your life. Getting your life right with God is so important. Isaiah looked up and saw the Lord. Isaiah looked in and saw Isaiah. And he really didn't like what he saw. It was a painful experience. He said, I'm undone. I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell with a bunch of people that have unclean lips. But then he was told, your sin is purged. In other words, you've been forgiven. What about you? You look in, you like what you see. Now is the time to make some changes in your life. Why don't you do it today? But not only did Isaiah look up and look in, he looked out. In verse 8, the Lord asked this question, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Now, Isaiah didn't say, well, you know, Lord, I'm very busy right now. So, Lord, why don't you just look for someone else? Why don't you try to find someone else who doesn't have anything to do? I'm going to tell you, God has never call an idle person to do his work. He's always found someone 
who was always busy doing something good. And, and so I don't believe that's going to work with the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm just too busy. Find someone else doesn't have anything to do. Isaiah said, hear my Lord, send me. Use me, Lord. You know, his response was a matter of his attitude. It was a matter of attitude of love, an attitude of concern. It was a matter of attitude of service, surrender, dedication. You see, saying, why don't you just let me do it, Lord? It is, was a matter of his attitude. And Isaiah asked the question, how long, Lord? How long do we keep doing all of this? And the Lord said, in essence, till there's not a single person left. Someone says, Brother Lambert, how long do you plan to preach on getting to know your Bible for as long as the Lord will allow me to preach? And we ought to preach the, to the world for as long as we can every day, if we could possibly do it every day. We just need to be preaching the gospel today to the world that's lost. How long? Till there's not a single person on this earth left that has not heard about Jesus Christ. I cannot make people obey the gospel. If I could, there'd be more people saved today. My responsibility is to preach it. But I'm to preach it for as long as I possibly can. Would you look up today and see the Lord and realize that there is a God of heaven and he's a holy God, a God with whom one day we must give an answer the way that we've conducted ourselves on earth? And would you look on the inside today to see yourself as you really are in the sight of God? And then do something about it. And then would you look out today. Determine that you want to be a servant of the Lord. We do not have forever to do right. I'd encourage you today to give your life to Christ. Believe on him with all of your heart. John 1 verse 12 and verse uh, uh, John chapter 8 verse 24. John 5, 24. So many passages that teach that we're to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And repent of your sins, Luke 13, verse 3. Confess that you believe Jesus is the Christ. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Be baptized into Christ, Galatians 3, 27. I want to urge you to do that. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Give me the Bible, holy message shining, my life shall guide me in the narrow way, precept and promise, for in love combining, till I shall vanish in eternal day. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 
Summerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.